thank you right now that you have blessed us with a beautiful place to worship. Thank you this morning that we've got power and there's electricity. And God, thank you this morning for your spirit in this place. Thank you for the children's church that's going on right now. Oh, God, would you just hover over them? And Lord, bless those little children in a special way. Our preschoolers, bless them. And Lord, in this place this morning, God, would you show up and manifest yourself in this place today? And uh, we lift up these churches in California and different places where they've said you can't sing and you can't preach. And Lord, I, I just pray that, uh, Lord, in some way you'll take what the devil means for evil and you'll turn it around and make it good. And uh, Lord, we lift up our brothers to you. We lift up those in southwest Louisiana and southeast Texas this morning. Most of them are not having services today. Many of them are watching here. Uh, so I, I pray, dear God, you would bless them in a special way uh, this day. Now, we look forward to what you're going to do in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. John chapter 9, we're going through the book of John on uh, Sunday morning, and we're down to John chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. Would you stand, please, in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word. The Bible says, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither hath the man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Man, there's a dozen sermons in this right here. Uh, gracious. Have y'all had lunch yet? <laughs> All right, let's, let's look at verse 5. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed, and came seeing. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. What a difference. What a difference when Jesus passes by. I, I tell you, man, the question always comes up when you come to this scripture. How can a good God allow bad things to happen? You can't answer that outside the fall of man. The deal is that man sinned and this earth is under a curse. And it's going to continue to be under that curse until the Lord comes back. And then that curse is going to be lifted. But I want to tell you, man suffers so that God can have an opportunity to work. Man suffers so that man can give God an opportunity to show what he could do in his life. If we never had any troubles, we wouldn't know he could solve them. Man suffers uh, so that God can show his compassion. Man suffers so that man can learn to trust God more. Man suffers so that God can prove his power Man suffers so that man can demonstrate a strength and endurance. Uh, so the suffering is there. I love what Brother Aaron said. We, we're gonna, we suffer with him, but we're going to reign with him. We know the end of the story, amen? And it's not bleak. It's not bad. It's good. It's good. Now let's look at this and dissect it here. I want you to note, first of all, the blind beggar receives his sight. We read that in verses 1 through 7. The guy's been born blind. 
Imagine being born blind, never to have seen a sunset, never to have seen a creation, never to have looked on these new beautiful monitors that we have up here. Amen? Uh, he's born blind. <laughs> he's born blind. He's never seen the eyes of his parents. He's never seen a grandchild smile. Can you imagine that? Navigating your way, coming to church blind. In John 9, the man never had seen his parents, his neighbors, creation, but his life was changed. You say, how was it changed? Did somebody have a cure for blindness? No, sir, that's not how it changed. Did some rich man come by and say, I'm going to give you a big sum of money. You're never going to have to worry about anything else in your life. No, that's not how it came about. Oh, well, maybe somebody came by and said, look, I want you to be a part of my family. You come home with me. We'll take care of you. They had pity. That's not how he changed. His life changed when Jesus passed by. That's when his life changed. I want to tell you this morning, that's when your life can change. When Jesus passes by there, his life was changed because Jesus passed by. He was sitting in the temple. Leaders pass by all the time. Neighbors pass by all the time. Religious people pass by all the time. Pastors and priests pass by all the time. But nobody did anything for him until Jesus passed by. Listen to me this morning. Those who need love, those who need help from addiction, those who need help from loneliness, those who have been tied up and addicted on alcohol or drugs. This is the place, folk, where they ought to find help. If any place ought to, re uh, ought to receive those people and help those people, it's us as the house of God. This is where they ought to come. And yet many times people come looking for something and they come into a cold, dead, refrigerator church and they walk out the same way they walked in and they go join a gang or they get involved in the world, or they get involved in some fraternity, and, and all of that because they don't see Jesus in our lives. Mm. Could I remind you this morning that Jesus didn't find you in an elite position. He found you when nobody else wanted you. He found you when nobody else could help you. He found you when you couldn't be fixed by anything else. All of us spiritually are born blind. We're without sight. We're shaping in iniquity. We're separated from God. We're bad. We're devilish. We're depraved. We're destined for hell. But the Bible says in one verse, Jesus saw a man. I looked that word saw up. That doesn't mean just I'm seeing Brother Aaron. I'm seeing Brother Michael. That means he honed in on that man. He was sensitive to the needs of that man. I don't have time this morning. Oh, I wish I had time. He had to do the works while it was yet day. He came here not just to show up. He came here to manifest himself to this man. He knew this man needed help, and he came to help him. Woo, I'm glad this morning we've got a Savior who sits up high, but he looks down low. He knows everything about every one of us in this place this morning. Well, you can't see him. He can see you. My life didn't get changed when I got baptized. My life didn't get changed when I joined the Baptist church. My life didn't get changed when I heard some great preacher preach. My life got changed when Jesus passed by. That's how your life will get changed when Jesus passes by. 
I don't know what you came this morning longing for. I don't know what you need in your life this morning. I don't know uh, exactly what's going on in your life, but I'll tell you, if you give your heart and life to Jesus Christ, your burdens will be lifted. Your, your questions will be answered. The needs of your life will be filled when Jesus passes by. The good news is this morning, he is here. Hallelujah. He is here. Amen. He is here. Holy, holy. I'll bless his name again. He is here. Listen closely. Hear him calling out your name. He is here. You can touch him. You will never be the same. He wants to do the same thing this morning that he did for this blind man in John chapter 9. He makes all the difference in the world. The blind beggar gets his sight but then I notice here that the blind beggar gets called in. He has to repeat his story. The neighbors are the first one that call him in. And they said, look, uh, are you sure that's the same man? I think maybe they, you better look at him. I don't know that he's the same man. Somebody may have switched. I, that man had been born blind from his birth. Maybe it was a different man. So they call him over there, and they say, look, how were your eyes opened? And he said, well, there was a man named Jesus. He came, and he reached down, and he got some clay out of there, out of the earth, and he sped in it, and he stirred it around a little bit in his hand, and he put it in my eyes. And then he told me to go down here to the pool of Siloam. Now, here I am blind now, and that man told me to go down there and go down all them steps and get down to the pool of Siloam and wash my face. And I got down there and I washed my face. And when I looked up, I could see. I could see. They said, well, <clears throat> how'd he do that? Why'd he spit in the clay? I don't know why he spit in the clay. Ask him when you get there, if you get there. Ask him why he spit in the clay. But let me give you a little thing about just maybe, I don't know. You don't know it didn't. Now, I don't know it did, but... I'm the one preaching, so maybe, <laughs> maybe it's symbolic of salvation in the Holy Spirit. You see, he, he, he reached down and got that clay, spit in it, and then he put it in his eyes. Don't you think that caused a little irritation, a little soreness, a little pain? Could I tell you this morning, when the Holy Spirit starts working on you, it'll irritate you. He'll, he'll do things you didn't want to do. He'll tell you things you didn't want to hear. And the only way when you get kind of where you wash in the word of God and the blood of Jesus falls over you and covers you, suddenly you, you put that irritation with that washing in the blood and suddenly you can see. You say, preacher, I, I didn't come for all that. Well, go join the country club then. I'm tired of mamby-pamby preachers today that won't preach on sin. They won't tell you the truth. They, 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 won't, they don't want to hurt your feelings. They want to be politically correct. You know, I, I'm, I'm sick of that. Listen, Brother Clark last night, God love him, at, at 11.21 p.m., I was sitting in my office praying. And at 11.21, he sent me an email, and this is what he said. He said, I thank God that he took from me what I thought I wanted and gave to me what he knew I needed. Woo, I had a spell right there in my office there. Thank God he took from me what I thought I wanted, and he gave me what he knew I needed. Whew, everyone, listen, if you're saved this morning, 
You got saved because the Holy Ghost of God came looking for you and drew you to Jesus. You didn't get up and say, well, I think I'll be saved today. No, 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 no. He came looking for you. You didn't know to look for him. And so I thank God for that. And then, then, the, then the neighbors asked him a crazy question. They said, where is he? How do I know where he is? I'm blind. I, huh? Why are you asking a blind man where Jesus is? See, he didn't see until he got down to the pool of Siloam. He never saw Jesus. Jesus put the clay and the spit and all in his eyes and told him to go down to the pool. And his neighbor said, well, where is he? Well, that's a, I can't say that word. Starts with an S. Y'all feel that in? That's a crazy question to ask somebody who's blind. Well, now, that's not enough. The neighbors have done everything they can. Then the Pharisees come in, and they don't want to talk to him. They talk with his parents. Now, you read this when you get home. I haven't got time to cover all of it this morning. But, but his parents said, look, we don't want to get involved in this thing. Uh, you're going to throw us out of the temple. You're going to excommunicate us because you guys are living under the laws of Moses. And here comes Jesus here, the Son of God. And, and so they said, well, is this your son? And they said, yeah, it's our son. It's our son. Well, tell us what happened. They said, no, no, he's of age. If you want to know what happened to him, you ask him what happened to him. Huh? And so they go get the son. And they come, and the, and the Pharisees said, look, this man is a sinner. And oh, that old boy looked at him. I don't know how old he is. He said, I don't know if he's a sinner or not. I don't know anything about any of that. All I know is I once was blind, and now I can't see Hallelujah. That's all you need to know right there. Can't nobody argue with that. I once was blind and now I can see. So uh, verse 25 uh, tells us that there. Now the blind beggar, I got to get on here, gets his sight and the blind beggar repeats his story over and over to the neighbors and the priests and the Pharisees. But then I want you to note the third thing. The blind beggar recognizes the Savior. In verse 35, Jesus heard that they'd cast him out. They threw him out of the temple. His family excommunicated him. Listen to me this morning. If you're going to be not ashamed of the gospel and you're going to stand for Jesus Christ, don't you think people are going to pat you on the back and tell you how good you are? There's some of them don't want nothing to do with you. Hmm? You know, I've used that illustration before, but you know, uh, if you was growing up, he got back in the 70s there, so I go back there and grow up there in the 70s there. You'd go in that old barn, there'd be rats everywhere. They wasn't no problem. They wasn't scared of nothing until you turned on the light. They'd scatter like a covey of quail then. You know what it is? See, you don't have to say anything. You just show up full of the Holy Ghost and you'll share the light. That'll scare most people half to death right there. You're the, you're the light. Jesus said, I'm the light while I'm here. But when he left, he left us to be the light. Amen. He says in verse 35, I heard they cast him out. When he found him, he said, dost thou believe on the Son of God? Now listen to what he said. He answered and said, who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said, thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. I believe. You know what he did next? He worshiped him. Hmm. Oh, no, that's not right, preacher. You've got to have a six-week study course uh, before you can ever come in to worship. You, that's just not right. Well, it's just what the Bible says. It's just what the Bible says. Now, let me wind this thing up. 
you think for a moment, this poor blind man and all he symbolizes, he symbolizes the state of lost people apart from the transforming power of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we see when we come to Jesus and Jesus passes by, we see that he can transform us. The state of the, this man, he can't see, and that means he can't see Jesus. 1 Corinthians 2, 14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Folks, I, I listen. Nobody wants to be in unity more than I do. I want to work with folk. I want to work with people in our community. And I want to be unified. But I want to tell you, a Christian has no part of partnering with people who are lost because they do not understand the things of the Spirit. They're natural. They're natural. They they can't understand it. That's why we're to be separated. Secondly, this man had been born blind. He was unable to see, so he couldn't seek Jesus. That's the same thing with being lost. You can't seek the Lord this morning. If your heart's big and something, so you say, preacher, I don't know what it is inside of me. I think I'm having a maybe a heart attack or something. No, you're not. That's the Holy Spirit of God. Just give in and let him have his way in your life. It doesn't matter if you're 14 in here this morning or if you're 75. Let Jesus pass by and change your life. Romans 3.11 says, There's none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. I looked that up in the Greek. You know what the word for none is? None. There's not a one of us in here this morning that sought after Jesus. He sought after us. Mercy, there was great and grace was free. Pardon. Ooh, have mercy. It's the gospel. Have you ever noticed that all these miracles we're seeing in John's gospel, here's a man over here that's separated that can't do anything, and yet here comes the Lord, and he does a miracle at the last minute. I mean, it's like watching four Hallmark movies. I mean, you know exactly what's going to happen. They're going to start, and there's going to be problems. And in the last two to three minutes, some of them cut it really close. But, you know, for an hour and 56, an hour and 57 minutes, you don't know what's going to happen, but you really know what's going to happen. It's going to happen the last two to three minutes. And that's kind of what it is here. We, we got all these problems in life. We got all these troubles in life. But listen, Jesus comes in, passes by, and he gives a great ending to it every time. A great ending to it every time. Now, let me just, the disciples, uh, uh, well, if you're a Christian this morning, let me just encourage you with this. And you're witnessing to somebody. Let me remind you of something. Human sin does not frustrate our Lord. See, we try to help people. It's kind of like teenagers. I mean, you know, one day you think, man, my teenager has really grown up. The next thing they do, what boneheaded thing, it, you know, it, it, and that frustrates us. We're trying to help somebody. And, and, and we're pointing them toward Jesus, and we think maybe they finally got it, and then all of a sudden they do something just boneheaded. And we get frustrated. And many times we say, well, that's all right, but I'm through with you. I'm through with you. I'll turn you over to God. And if that don't work, I'll turn you over to the devil. Hmm? 
Jesus is not frustrated with human sin. He wasn't frustrated with yours. You see, when you're living in darkness, that's what's expected of you. When you find people cursing and all this stuff, hey, that's normal for that. They're living in darkness. They don't understand the light. That's why we got to be the light in this world. The light pushes back the darkness. So our Lord is not frustrated with human sin. And then if you're the one that's sitting here this morning and you're not saved, you've never believed in Jesus as your personal Savior, could I tell you this morning you can take heart that the same thing that happened to this blind man in John 9 is really ready to happen to you right now? This very moment, right now. The disciples looked at this guy and they saw him as a sinner. They said, Lord, uh, who sinned? Did he sin or did his parents sin? Huh. The passerbys looked at him and they saw him as a beggar. They said, this is that beggar from down there at the temple. The Pharisees passed by. They saw him as a tool to try to trap Jesus. Oh, but when Jesus passed by, he saw somebody that needed help, and he saved him. And he'll do the same thing for you, dear friend. You say, preacher, you don't know what I brought in this place today. I don't. Really, honestly, not worried about it. I believe God is far more interested in your future than he is in your past. And you can take your past and you can lay it down at the cross today and pick up with Jesus. And he'll cleanse you from all your sin and unrighteousness. I'm not telling you it's going to be easy. I'm a, I'm a wonderful Christian, a great preacher. But my wife has trouble getting along with me sometimes. It's not always easy. <laughs> Amen. I'm not telling you it's going to be easy. But I'll tell you one thing. When all the smoke clears, you're going to thank the good Lord. I've never seen anybody talk to anybody yet on their deathbed that said, I wish I wouldn't have been a Christian. I've talked to hundreds of them that said, I wish I'd have got saved earlier. I've talked to some that got saved that very minute. You said, preacher, you think they can be saved? I sure do. I sure do. I think they can be saved there. I just don't recommend that because sometimes you don't have that opportunity. But this morning, you've got that opportunity. I'm going to ask you to come to Jesus. Let Jesus pass by your life this morning. Maybe this morning you're saved and you belong to another church, but God's moving you. If God's moving you, that's fine. If God's not moving you, you go back where you need to be. Don't come over here spoiling this one. But if you're looking for a place to serve the Lord, we're looking for laborers for the harvest. And this would be a great place. I tell people all the time, Brother Michael, if they can get past the preaching, they've got it done here. The music, a multitude of music, good music covers up a multitude of bad preaching. This is a great church. You can be a part of it. Maybe today you just need to come to this altar. Maybe take your wife by the hand. Say, honey, I just, uh, mm. I was singing an old song last night. Dottie Rambo, I think, wrote, Remind me, dear Lord, all the things that he's given me. He's just loaned them to me. I need to be reminded that God's in control of everything. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we're asking you to do the supernatural today.
we're asking you to take a young person or a lady or a man who is wrapped up in sin. We're asking you to change their life this morning to save them before it's eternally too late. Lord Jesus, would you do that this morning? Would you save those that need to be saved? Lord, would you work with those that need something done in their life? Would you show them what it is? Let your Holy Spirit bring conviction. And then, Lord, they get right with you and leave this place sold out on Jesus. Let me just ask you, every head bowed, every eyes closed. If you just admit to me, Brother Charles, I'm not going to come to you. wouldn't embarrass you for nothing. Every eye closed. I just want to pray for you. But if you'd say, Brother Charles, I've never received Christ. I've never had a relationship with Jesus. But I'd, I'd really like to. Would you just slip up your hand wherever you are and let me pray for you? Just slip it up where you are. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Lord, this is your invitation. <laughs> you do whatever you want to do. But, oh, God, I pray that those who are lost in this place would not walk out the same way they came in. Lord, have your way. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me? Brother Aaron,